Thank you, choir, and also thank you, praise team, for your invite. Joshua has a little sore throat, so yeah, last minute, but uh, it was really yeah, I enjoyed <laughs> singing with you guys. Thank you, and also Theo, yes, very nice. Thank you very much. Uh, today's scripture is taken from Matthew chapter one, verses eighteen to twenty-five. Now the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had born a son, and he named him Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Today's, today's text is about Joseph, the husband of Mary. Two weeks ago, the Sunday sermon was about Mary. And we heard from Reverend Inky Kim that if we can see life as new possibility, that is the spirit of Christmas. Through God, we can see new possibilities and new things in life and experience them. The Gospel of Luke has the story of Mary. Not every Gospel has this kind of story. It is unique to the Gospel of Luke that has the story of Mary. And today's scripture, the Gospel of Matthew, has the story of Joseph. So it is meaningful to reflect on Joseph's story today as Christmas is just around the corner. Who was Joseph? The Bible doesn't say much about him. But we know that he was from the town of Nazareth, and he was a carpenter. And he was the descendant of King David, the tribe of Judah. Then what does today's text say about him? Today's text says, Joseph was a righteous man. Verse 19 says, her husband Joseph being a righteous man. You know, in the Bible, when a person is described as righteous, that tells you something about that person. Not many in the Bible is described as righteous. First of all, from the Old Testament, Noah comes to my mind. Genesis records, Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. And there's another person, Job. He was a righteous man too. 
In the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. And now here in the New Testament, Matthew. Matthew puts Joseph in the same category as Noah and Job and others. For Matthew, righteousness was so important. To all of us living in this kind of world, righteousness, what the heck is that? We don't have that sense of you know, connectedness with that concept of righteousness. But just bear with me. At the time, 2,000 years ago, Matthew, righteousness was so important to him. In the Gospel of Matthew, words that have the same root with the word righteousness appear 19 times in the one book, Gospel of Matthew, 19 times. It's called Dikaios, something like that. Whereas Mark has only twice. It tells you something about that, right? Back then, being righteous was the main goal for every Jewish person. Unlike nowadays, there was no separation of religion and life. People wanted to be appeared as righteous before God and before others. However, too much is as bad as too little. The law God given lost its purpose and it became mere a tool for people to justify their righteousness. Within this historical context, the author of Matthew wrote to his community where most of the members were Jews and under the Jewish heritage. So he talked about a lot of mania about the fulfillment of the Old Testament, righteousness, or the kingdom of heaven. And the same Matthew describes Joseph as righteous in today's text. Then, what was Matthew's reasoning to call Joseph righteous? If we follow the context and spirit of the time, at the time, a righteous person should be faithful to the law and keeping the law. We would think this is why Matthew describes Joseph righteous. But that's not the case here. If Joseph was one of the Jews whose desire was to be righteous by obeying the law blindly to show the world how faithful he was to the law and all that, Joseph would expose Mary's pregnancy and break the marriage or engagement. He would even allow people to stone her to death because that's the requirement of the law at that time. Remember the story of a woman who was caught in the adultery in the Gospel of John? So did Joseph follow the custom of the day? Verse 19 is so strange. It says, her husband, Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. Because of his righteousness, he did not make a scene, but tried to dismiss her quietly. We can see Joseph's righteousness was totally different 
than that of the majority. We can even say Joseph's righteousness was refreshing. It was not bound by the law. And it was not bound by himself either. Joseph did not think about his own interest nor his reputation, but he showed mercy and concern for Mary and decided to go, decided to do everything unnoticed. We can see that Joseph was not bound by the letters of the law, but tried to discern the will of God and live out. The will of God. To me, it is radical decision, but life-saving decision. And because of this, I have to ask myself, what does the righteousness we pursue have anything to do with the will of God? We all know how it was with the Pharisees of Jesus' time. They took the law for their own interest and righteousness, but they had nothing to do with God's will. In the same way, there are things that bind us like the law and paralyze us in our thinking and in our attitude towards God. The law should not be only the Bible. If anything that replaces God can make us fall into legalism or into the establishment. It could be our own view of life or our own wisdom acquired from life. They can make us fall into a type of legalism, meaning not being able to think out of boxes and that framework. We see through such small lens and make decisions by them. But as we continue to live like that, We will live more and more in the past. We will shut down the possibilities of God for future. The more we rely on the past experiences and the past wisdom, the more we become enslaved by the past and that's kind of legalism that will ruin us. Furthermore, such a tendency will make us more self-centered. We will move within the boundary of only what we know. We will ruminate what we have achieved already. And as as a result, we'll become more self-centered. When a person falls into the trap of self-centeredness, do you know what will happen to that person? Divisions and conflicts will take place around that person. To that person... A community exists for his or her benefits. There's no true contribution nor sacrifice for the the community. But look at Joseph today. Look at the whole passage today. Did he boast about his righteousness to the world? Did he go up to the mountain as if mountain and tell the world how righteous he was? I don't think he was even aware of his own righteousness. Nobody except Mary noticed Joseph's decision and action. But because of his righteousness, Joseph played a role in God's history of sending Jesus to the world to save the humanity. 
Joseph's righteousness was shining when he was alone. Ah, I realize that. If a person is righteous when alone, that person is righteous before God. Joseph's righteousness and his silent spirituality is something we need to ponder upon. So we realize that righteousness is not the achievement to show the world, but our life's attitude towards God. It's not something you can grasp or build, but it is our attitude towards God that is righteousness. Even though Joseph decided to dismiss Mary quietly, wouldn't he struggle with his decision? I think so. Verse 20 shows Joseph's state of mind somehow. It goes like that. But just when he had resolved to do this, other version of the English Bible says, consider or ponder or think. So I look at the original word for resolve, and I found that has a deeper meaning. Literally, it is the combination of in and passion, meaning struggling with passion like Jacob at the river Jabbok to discern God's will. Joseph did not simply give up and shut the door for his unbearable reality, rather struggled with God, asking earnestly, God, where are you? What shall I do? Is this the right decision? Joseph must have felt so lonely, but that's the very moment he was able to find God and meet God. Right then moment, tossing and turning at night, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And I believe, my friends, God comes to those who earnestly seek God's will and pray to God. And isn't this what Emmanuel is all about? God is with us. God is with us, present tense, not in the past, not in the future, but our current reality when we struggle but pray to God. God is with us at that moment. And then the angel of the Lord gave God's message to Joseph, and the salvation history of God had begun quietly and unnoticeably except Mary and Joseph. My friends, let us all pursue the righteousness of Joseph described in today's passage. Not the religious righteousness, nor the achievement to show the world, but our life's attitude towards God all the time. Let us not pursue the things in the past, things for myself, but pursue the living God, the God of Emmanuel, so that we may be able to overcome the present time and enter into the future with God. So often we may not be able to understand why things happen such ways in life, but let us continue to struggle to discern God's will and let us be open to God's mysterious ways for us. In any circumstances, 
God will be with us. Believe in this and give your life unto God's hands. God will give you, God will give us new righteousness, life attitude that is new righteousness that the world cannot understand and accept. And we will be changed forever. A New Testament scholar, M.J. Fiedler, defines what righteousness is all about. And his definition is very helpful for us. Righteousness is both gift and demand of God, but the gift precedes the demand. You know what this means? God has given us this righteousness. And we need to live a life according to such a gift. It's in us already. It is our responsibility to live out that righteousness that is always open towards God's pursue God. Joseph had this gift of righteousness by God already. Such righteousness empowered him to overcome his limitations and to obey to God's mysterious guidance. And that's what Joseph did. And that's what we all should do in life. God has called his people and God has given us the gift of righteousness and has asked us to live out with that gift. Live a life not bound by the law, but following the living God. God has sent angels to us and help us to overcome fears by giving his messages. My friends, pause for a moment and think about this. Who gave you God's message so that you may be able to overcome the fears in life and to give your life to God's hands once again? Who gave you that God's message to you? Aren't they angels from God? When we look around this world nowadays, people are confused, fearful, and depressed. I hope we all can hear the voice of God calling the righteous women and men to fulfill God's work for this broken world. Let us not live this life without thinking. Let us not live this life just following the patterns of this world. Religious righteousness will not make any difference in the world. Didn't you have that kind of disappointment as you tried to be righteous before? Let us try a real thing. Let us pursue God, God's gift of righteousness. Don't you want to see in this world the signs of God's hope are prevalent Don't you want to see in your life that God's love is overflowing? Let us ask God for the gift of righteousness. The God of Emmanuel will give us his righteousness and change us and use us for God's purpose. May God bless you with renewed commitment to pursue God's righteousness in this season of Christmas. Let us sing together.